0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Lightfinger Thief. And today I'm joined by my co-host and partner, Logar. Hello. How are you doing today? It's doing good. It's uh, Sunday as our normal recording day. And I didn't go to church today,
1: which is Uh okay. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
0: You didn't go to
1: church this morning?
0: Man, I haven't been to church in... I don't remember how many years.
1: (laughs) The gods will be angered. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the gods the or god or pantheon of gods that would be angry at, at me so down to earth divinity one dm's design for
1: a mixed and matched mythos this is dragon magazine issue number 54 it's got these cool treants on the cover it's uh, one of the earlier ones where they still had where they were doing the colored uh what is it the colored frame around the image in the front
0: Yes. What this year was this? October eighty one. It looks like.
1: Oh my goodness! Nineteen eighty. I was. I was not playing yet in eighty one. I was a little young still.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I started playing until maybe eighty two or eighty three ish. But oh, I, I want to talk about this now. Oh wait! But before you start, <laughs> the, the editor was Tim Cask.
1: Tim Cask edited. Tim Cask was on our show last month in February. So. I, I said when he was on, I think I got a few books that, that you've been involved with, and I have, have quite a few, I believe, that he's been involved <laughs> with in this collection of books I have. So this was edited by Tim Cass. Now, this was written by Ed Greenwood. Yes. That name really rings a bell. Um, I, I probably should have looked up Ed Greenwood before he did this, because I know he's done some other stuff. I It's, it's one of those ones right here, and I know he's a DD and d guy, but I can't place what else he's done besides this Dragon Mag article right now. So I'm going to put it out there. I have said before that often uh, people say they don't want their game to be political, but I found this article to be unintentionally pretty political.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or at least uh challenge philosophically. Um, I, and we'll get into that as we go forward. I appreciate the article. I liked reading it. And it's one of those ones where I read it. I'm like, oh man. And, and it sets off all those what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Triggers, wires in my head go, go. my cranks in my head go spinning while I'm reading it like, oh, I want to address this. Oh, this, this doesn't address that. So the article talks about having a definitive system of deities and demigods and pantheons. And so there wasn't really one until 1980 when deities and demigods came in. And it talks a little bit about how the ramifications of alignment in relation to religion and gods wasn't addressed until Dragon Mag issues number 24 and 29. And he said, he kind of talks about how clerics were getting away with murder before all this. Like clerics could do whatever, they had no restraint. The religion didn't have any kind of restraint on what you could or couldn't do. And it goes on to talk about how clerics. Often are there to like support and heal all these people who are doing things that would really piss off the gods.
0: Well, sure, if you're a bunch of murder hobos and you worship a lawful good god or goddess, certainly your Patreon may not be too happy that you're enabling chaotic characters and be being murder hobos. Then he
1: talks about. How, and I, I'm just kind of reading off my notes less so than from the actual article at this point because it, it's quite a few pages of dense text and I don't have much for that so he talks about how a lawful deity would use a cleric as a watchdog uh, more legal and interesting more legalistic uh, it would be a more interesting game he's saying that if the cleric had to hold the party accountable to their actions and kind of guide the party which i thought was interesting and he talks about things like having having gods intervene when people do things that would anger them like a bird swooping down and snatching your weapon from the character's hand and then he starts to talk about the deities and how he runs them and he starts talking about things like well he talks about uh he's a rational, like he starts rationalizing things like grand design and the, those elements of deity, but then he starts talking about free will and stuff like that. Um, and, and creating a pantheon that allows for free will. And that's where I start, I start doing that. Those, those gears start kicking in because the concept of free will is very much founded in, in liberalism. And I, when I say liberalism, it's a, a, a whole entire group of philosophies that rose up about 500 years ago when Martin Luther nailed the theses to the doors. It's something very rooted in Christian Protestantism and capitalism ideas of free will and individualism are very political concepts that drive entire economies in this, in this country and globally. So he starts bringing all these concepts that are very much attached to this liberal capitalist ideology some people might call it classical liberalism more so than liberalism and i threw the brakes on going oh this is a perfect example of one of those times where what we're saying we haven't examined there's a lot of philosophers who heavily critique the idea of free will and more recent philosophies i i I think i you know it's it's a myth (laughs) and i know a lot of people might have this knee-jerk reaction when i say something like that but i if you really want a reading list i could give you of more modern philosophies that kind of are dismissive and that isn't to say a lot of people when the discussion of free will comes up there's a discussion of determinism versus free will disregarding the concepts of free will and individualism that rose out of out of the enlightenment and they actually existed prior to that or probably about oh three or four centuries uh ad a lot of these free will ideas were coming into play philosophically in the world but really they kind of rose to power dominantly in our society during i guess it would be like the renaissance and in times like that when we were making those big shifts away from the church dominating and dictating our lives to people being able to read the bible and decide for themselves over here in the a more western world and those philosophies drive our economies, drive our political parties. They drive a lot of elements like that that we cling to. And I thought it was interesting that it was just thrown out there as accepted as this is fact
0: and this is how the world works. <laughs> well, again, it's a very Western point of view in philosophy and a very individualistic point of view. And it did drive a lot of the, like you said, capitalism and colonialism. Because people were trying to bring religion to the, um, quote-unquote, heathens and barbarians of the world. While within the D&D game itself, early D&Ds had similar themes. You know, you're bringing light to the darkness, quote-unquote, of the dungeon. Where you have evil orcs and goblins and kobolds and blah, blah, blah. So it's very similarly themed and mirrored, like you said, with um, the real world that we live in.
1: Yeah and it's it's very much like we we create the world around us. We decide okay, we put we value property for instance. And in order to create this legal structure that maintains certain forms of property, we have police to defend the stores so nobody pickpockets, we determine who has access to the property and how they gain access to it based on these ideas that we have that are largely influenced by Protestant individualism. <laughs>
0: and- now, within the Dragonlance world, <laughs> you do have the Kender folk where the Kenders don't believe in any type of property ownership. You know, they share among each other. They borrow as they call it from each other and they borrow from other of the uh, races within Kryn. So with the Kender folk, they're very much a little bit of a anarcho society because they don't own property or items they share among the community and they borrow freely from each other.
1: I just thought it was fascinating the acceptance of some of these just basic foundations of liberalism in here that were never questioned. And I don't think a lot of people do question them.
0: Uh, No, I've spent a lot of
1: time reading stuff that does. They don't
0: question it because this is what they grew up with in the real world, right? So it's, it's natural for them to fall into this very absolute, good and evil construct that we're going through in this article, right? So
1: like the ideas of things like sin and stuff like that, what the God disapproves of, this is, these are ways that we use throughout history to, to uh, create dominance in society, to dictate. Okay. We believe that X, Y, Z is a sin. Therefore we create prohibitions on it. It becomes a conditions to do X, Y, Z becomes not really safe or great. For people who are engaging in it, even if it really isn't a horrible thing, <laughs> I could give you lots of ex- smoking a little weed or something like that. Well, how about, you're in
0: prison. <laughs> how about how about eating pork? I eat got no problem with pork. pork. I, other uh, religions don't eat pork. I'm fine with it. You know, if they don't want to eat pork. It's OK. I enjoy it or fish or shellfish or other things like that. <laughs>
1: And then we have society, we, we look down on certain things that we have dictated for whatever reason are unacceptable. we force in society, we reify these ideas that becomes a reality for everyone. So we're just kind of clinging to these philosophies we created. Now, when I first came across the idea that free will was a myth, reading Marcuse and people like that, uh, George Herbert Mead, I had an existential crisis because I was raised in a Protestant church. Free will is very important to me, very much in this liberalism and and, and and freedom and all those ideas that I've been raised with. So it blew my mind. And at first I didn't, I didn't get that. <laughs> but that's another story for another time. The point isn't as much to sit here and have a discussion about free will but to point out that this stuff is just inherently in the game unquestioned and like look at latin america up to the revolution uh the the mexican revolution there were a lot of places that had ajitos where where property was held held and grazed in common communally and the U.S. and the Mexican government kind of came in with multinationals. And that's what a lot of the revolution was around, was trying to maintain we have this communally, whereas they tried to change the property, et cetera, et cetera. That's just an example of how history doesn't really reflect what we're seeing in the game, like we talked about before, when we're structuring it off of this very Protestant liberalism, capitalist society, but a lot of these cultures that actually existed didn't live in that world. That wasn't how life was.
0: (laughs) No, no. Again, like you said, it's the influence of many of these Western philosophies into the game. Now, what I do find interesting is, you know, with the pantheon of gods and goddesses that are listed, some of them are listed with more, like you said, the moralistic aspects of life in regards to whatever, the, the god of Of strife and hatred or the goddess of mischief but then you have some other gods who are just you know whatever the god of thieves the god of magic the god of whatever the moon and the sun so it's very much of a hodgepodge that i'm seeing here know, god of blacksmiths and artificers and crafts and construction it's very mix of hodgepodge of um, you know behavioral gods in terms of don't kill people just for the sake of killing people to, I need to pray to my God to be able to make this wonderful suit of armor or whatever it may be, right? So
1: Yeah, and the article is about a mixed and matched mythos, so you're trying to cram all these different things together. And it was happening under an umbrella of a certain assumption. Now, I think it's cool to have, like, this lawful good deity in the game, and I think it's interesting to see how people follow it, because it does add to, okay, you can place certain restrictions there that oh there's a negative that will occur because of the deity and the belief system of this religion and i i'm it gets my imagination firing for different possibilities so i'm not outright rejecting saying we shouldn't have the idea of free will and game in fact i think it's a great idea to run with some guy proselytizing the concept of free will And I think that's fun And I think there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it But the more you deconstruct it and examine it The more fun you can actually have with it
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, there's different levels of involvement That you can use with the um, Pantheon And the, how do you want to put it the, The rules of each religion That are dictated from their particular, you know Deity or god or goddess in itself You know, some of the games are very strict in other games it's not as strict you know within Dragonlance, the magic users are pretty much held by their uh alignment to when they can cast spells what the are supposed to cast you know the rising of the moons which is linked to their god and their power while in other games to your point is like okay well here, here are your guidelines don't be don't be murder hobos or you know you gotta pray to your god for healing well if you screw up guess what you uh I think what Benjamin Croq classics, I think you get this favors from your god if you F up. <laughs> yeah. Now so, I think
1: there's there's a lot. I think we need to do quite a few more discussions about religion and game because there's a lot I want to add to this. But we're coming up on time right now. I do want to say that I do, I I am really intrigued and interested in getting more into religion in game, in a game, especially a classic D&D game. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think it would be better done if you got the player playing whatever cleric who or paladin following this religion involved in maybe coming up with the tenets of the religion, using things like uh, you believe in what now and stuff like that to kind of flesh out the religions and feel them out.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, for me, I would enjoy an Eastern take on deities, demigods, and how they interact from an um, Eastern religion context, less so the more dictating because, I don't know, to your point, I get triggered because I went to a Catholic school. So I have a lot of scars <laughs> <laughs> when people tell me what I shouldn't do. And if I do, I'm going to go to hell type of thing. So for me, that's not an area that I would particularly game in.
1: <laughs> well, that's about all we have time for today. I want to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please leave a positive review wherever you're listening. And those of you that have, thank you so much for doing so. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Our blog is wobbliesandwizards.com. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We have a Patreon. Please support us any way you can. We can really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards and keep those dice rolled.
0: Roll them dice for Loki.